Hi, this is Keith, and this is Klezmer Podcast 35. The website is www.klezmerpodcast.com, and the MySpace page is myspace.com slash klezmerpodcast. You can write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. On this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be talking to Eve Sicular of the band Metropolitan Klezmer. The band's latest album is entitled Traveling Show. We'll be talking about the album and the Metropolitan Klezmer band, and we'll be hearing some music from the album as well. So to get things started, and to introduce you to the music of Metropolitan Klezmer, I'm going to play a little bit of one of the tracks from the album. This one is titled Miracle Melody. That was a little bit of Miracle Melody from the Metropolitan Klezmer album, Traveling Show. So with that, let's move on to my interview with Eve Sicular from the band Metropolitan Klezmer. Hi, this is Keith, and this is Klezmer Podcast for Monday, April 7th, 2008. And today I'm talking to Eve Sicular drummer and band leader for Metropolitan Klezmer. Good evening, Eve. How are you tonight? Hi, Keith. I'm fine. Nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. We've been corresponding back and forth for quite a while, and we finally managed to pull this off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's nice being uh, into spring, you know, time to finally have things come to fruition. Great. Um, well, I'm very excited. I just uh, wrote a review of your new CD, Traveling Show. And I like it very much. Why don't you tell me a little about about, uh, how that CD came about and some of the background of the band? Sure. Well, actually, um, we have, you know, this is our fourth Metropolitan Klezmer CD. And uh, I was, you know, more into the process of having new material that we were touring with and playing in concert and so on. And just making some live recordings kind of for reference and for, you know, possible use within what was going to be another studio album. And then they were just really such, um, we were just so happy with the recordings that we had, especially from this one uh, Mason Gross concert, which almost the entire CD is drawn from, that we just said, well, we're going to go here. And um, 
so it wasn't something that I conceived of uh, as an entire live album at first, but it just kind of persuaded me. Um, and the wonderful live recording engineer that we worked with, David Merrill, um, he's he's got incredible ears. And um, it's funny because uh, he's he's real old friends with uh, David Krakauer. I think they were roommates at SUNY Purchase back in the day, you know, in college. <laughs> and um, so we know him because uh, when they had the project uh, that, that took a long time to germinate, but they were recording back in the early 2000s at Tonic during the Klesmer Brunches. I mean, maybe some of that was even recorded in the late 1990s. But at any rate, they recorded something that we did there uh, in the 2000s. And, and David Merrill, I was talking to him about some different stuff, and he said, yeah, you know, I'm going to talk to David Krakauer. I really want to have this one on there. And so, so anyway, we got to know him all the way back then. Um, and, uh, of course, that was that was something that Sodic eventually released, including uh, a track of ours um, from those Klesmer Bunches. And so, anyway, we've kept up with David Merrill, and whenever we had the opportunity, he was our remote recording engineer. And so, for this one, it was just for the whole concert, and we were all very happy with the job he did and the kind of uh, playing that was going on here. So, we had the full octet, which is... Uh, you know, several people who've been with Metropolitan Klesner since um, we formed the band in 1994. I was the instigator, but I'd already been working together for a couple of years, well, several years by then, um, with Ismail Butera on accordion, Michael Hess, who's a multi-instrumentalist, old friend of Ismail's, too, um, on violin. In fact, he began on viola, I believe, but anyway, violin, the knife lutes, and also some kanun. Uh, and Dave Hofstra. So uh, the four of us have been doing this, you know, since the beginning, and actually even since before we officially formed this band in 1994. Um, at that time, the impetus was um, working with the amazing Howie Lease, the great and sadly late Howie Lease now. Um, Howie was uh, somebody that we met just through working with Janet Leuchter, and, and uh, she knew him, and we had uh, played some performances together with her and then got together with Howie. And I said to him at one point, because I loved his doina so very much, you know, would you be willing to record a demo with us? And he was just enchanting. I mean, he, he was, you know, he had that veneer of the sort of, you know, tough guy from, you know, all those decades on the bandstand, but he really had um, a heart of gold and a complete mensch. And so he looked at me when I asked him this and he said, Sure, you know, I'd be delighted. And I love when a woman runs the business, you know, totally <laughs> the opposite of, of, you know, some stereotypical idea that, you know, the older guys are going to be sexist or anything. No, he was he was totally a gem. And so we planned at that point to go into the studio. We knew what we were going to record and so on. And then things really took a, a, a twist of fate. I mean, we were still able to do this with Howie, but before we got to the date where we were going to go into the studio with him in the spring of 1994, just before that, he got in a very serious car accident. So here's this man, you know, he was born in the year 1920, so this was 1994. Uh, he literally had a broken neck and uh, was, you know, in whatever kind of recuperative care uh, fortunately, you know, months down the line, he came through with flying colors and was playing again, but at that point, nobody even knew, you know, which way it was going to go. We'd already committed to playing uh, our, our first public gig as the Metropolitan Klezmer um, for one of the John Zorn uh, early, I think it was the, the New Jewish Music 
festival. Anyway, it was at Seabee's uh, gallery. So we had to go ahead with that. David Licht from the Cosmetics had recommended us to uh, the woman who was organizing this for John Zorn. So we went ahead and did it with actually this guy you might know of through Balkan and Greek music circles. Um, we call him Teddy Bornias. Uh, his name is Left Teddy's Bornias. So he was our sub. And anyway, uh, long, long story short, that's how we started Metropolitan Klezmer. Dave, Ismail, Michael, and I um, are still there, and uh, Pam Fleming joined us not long after that, our wonderful trumpet and flugelhorn player, um, followed by our vocalist on here, Deborah Carpell. And over the years, uh, Deborah Kreisberg joined us, uh, first with Isle of Klesbos and then full-fledged into Metropolitan Klesmer. And our newest member, who actually, I'll, I'll fill you in on this, uh, Regev on the trombone, was actually playing her very first concert with us, the one that we recorded at Mason Gross, which is on Traveling Show. So it's, you know, she's just such an ace that <laughs> she pulled it off. Wow, um, yeah, you threw her right into the uh, into the fire, so to speak, on Yeah, well, we, did, we didn't know. They said that we were going to totally go with this, but, you know, she was great, and she's only gotten more and more comfortable with the material after that. So that's the long story, yeah. Very good. Um now, how did you uh, go about picking the repertoire for this one? Well, there's a know, lot of medleys and and uh, you know what I refer to as mini suites. Yeah, and that's I really I really like that that you uh, so appreciate the ways that um, we've taken various different traditional melodies and motifs and and found ways to combine them that feel really natural and really um, you know each piece enhances the whole. Uh, every single one is its own story. I mean, you know, there are so many tracks on here, where to start. But, for instance, uh, a medley that you're talking about, um, something like the C minor Bulgar and, and what I call uh, the Kanohara Freilachs, um, you know, those are just two pieces uh, that we've played for a long time. We often put them together for live performance, whether it's a concert or, you know, playing for a party or a wedding or something like that. Um Uskadar Taksim and Turk in America. Of course, Turk in America is a very well-known repertoire. Uskadar Taksim is Ismail's own uh, creation of a Taksim um, that we've, you know, since ever since he came up with that, we've done that together. Um, another couple of examples, for instance, um, one of my favorite discoveries for this album, and this is one of the ones that's uh, on the live album, which is the first time that we recorded it. You know, many of these on here, we've also had studio recordings uh, on our earlier CDs, such as, you know, Mosaic Persuasion or Surprising Finds or even our first one, Yiddish for Travelers. But um, Grandma's Dance, which is uh, track 15, going into Leibidik and Freilach. Of course, a lot of Klezmer aficionados recognize Leibidik and Freilach. It's one of the first Klezmer tunes I ever heard done by the KCB, Klezmer Conservatory Band. Um, but Grandma's Dance, I don't believe anybody else has picked up on. It's um, something that I heard in... Uh, an instrumental form, which, I mean, we play as instrumental, but it's it's just like a, a dance scene in Yiddel Meet and Fiddle, uh, the big hit 1936 film, and a lot of people do um, the vocals out of that film and, and other Molly Pecan uh, movies, but this is just a gorgeous sequence, um, almost done as, you know, maybe some kind of uh, quasi-ethnomusicological or, or even... Uh, you know, sort of a dance um, in an ethnological sense in uh, that that film, which of course was done on location in Poland, and a lot of the extras they brought in were 
local people to do this wedding scene. It's kind of famous how a lot of them were just so grateful to be fed in the wedding scene and so on. So there's this very, you know, quote unquote authentic scene of the Boba dancing, you know, and um, it's played up by the guy who does the Badkin in the movie. And it's, it's really beautiful. It's one of the only sort of handheld looking scenes in the film. And I just loved uh, the dance music and transcribed it and brought it to rehearsal with the band and, it was interesting putting the chords to it because, you know, they're not very clear on the soundtrack. And so that's the Boba's dance or the grandma's dance. And, and that just seemed to go together well. You know, it, it, it's sort of a beautiful medium tempo song. And just like many kinds of wedding numbers, you know, eventually it feels like it wants to escalate into a faster tempo. So we just decided to go with Leibniz and Freilach as the, the sort of chaser for that. Great. Well, those all work together really well. Oh, thank you. And it's a good combination to have. Um, but I really want to hear a little bit also about uh, Deborah Kreisberg's uh, Baltic Blue and uh, how that came to the band, whether uh, you guys uh, had thought about this ahead of time or she just wrote it and said, hey, I wrote this tune, or how did that come about? Well, okay, yeah, this is great because this really gets into the the sort of, you know, wide world of music and how creativity comes together sometimes with um, you know, little little help and support. Um through the internet, um we eventually got a, a grant and um it was, you know, I I asked them for uh you know, some money to do a few different projects, part of which uh was to have money so that people, you know, in the band could have time to compose. And both Deborah and Pam Fleming, um, as well as myself, uh, have written originals for the band. Deborah's a wonderful writer, and um, she's composed not only for our band, but also for the Latin jazz octet. She's in Los Mas Valientes. And uh, she's written for us before, actually, uh, an aisle of closed post tune called Abra, uh, which is a different kind of groove, but she's often really, really inspired to write these, these kind of... Um, haunting pieces, you know, um, kind of legato, really grooving pieces. So uh, Pam uh, wrote something, and Deborah, they both, um, you know, were basically fonts of creativity, but it was a great way to, you know, make sure that their time could be set aside to complete their compositions. So that's how that happened. Wow, that's great. So it was actually a planned planned thing where she had time and said, here, go write something. Well, you know... A lot of times I think when you when you give somebody that sort of support, you know, you either say, okay, we're going to give you a place to go on retreat or we're going to, you know, there there will be some money um, for, for completing composition, then it's that much more inspiration for someone to really take something that, or, or just focus on the idea that, you know, well, okay, great, I, I can do this now and you know, in the, in the crazy world of New York uh, artistic life, I can clear out the deck, so you know I'm really going to get around to this because I think Deborah, you know, often has uh, little themes or or motifs that you know she could be working on. And I mean, um, when I heard the first um, movement or <laughs> the first um, melodic line for that, I was so happy, you know. And I would just ask her once, you know, once in a while, so you know, what's going on with that piece, you know? And so it's not anything rushed. I mean, often. In our creative processes, it seems like, you know, people will write part of something and then, you know, be able to kind of uh, meditate or, you know, just let it just let it kind of come into its own. So often it's one piece at a time. And that's what happened. 
and also uh, when we brought it into rehearsal, you know, I think at one point then um, she also wrote a little, a, a little part for the trombone to um, complement this other section and, you know, things like that. So one of the things that happens is, for instance, she wrote this earlier piece for Isle of Klesbos, which is a sextet, including some of the same instrumentation. But then when she wrote this Baltic Blue piece, you know, that's for Metropolitan Klezmer. And one of the differences is that here we've got both a violin, and obviously he's a multi-instrumentalist, but also a trombone. So really, a lot of times it's it's just, you know, what are the colors, what are the tools at your disposal, what are the instruments? And of course, we, having been together a long time, we really, you know, we really um, have a sense of each other's feel and capabilities. So it's really nice to write in a kind of repertoire way, uh, rep, you know, repertory way in the sense of repertory um, players, you know where you know each other and you kind of have a sense where the voice will be, um, what kind of character they'll be there. Right. Very good. Uh, you mentioned that Deborah plays another Latin group as well. And yeah, she's in a Latin jazz band. Yeah. Um, I want to touch on that for a minute because, uh, people are, trying to make a living uh, as musicians, so they have to play a lot of different kind of styles of music, and they're playing in a lot of different bands, even though they're you know devoted to the klezmer or whatever they happen to be in. So uh, are, are you or other members of the band doing other things as well, besides uh, just Metropolitan Klezmer? Oh, yeah, and um, actually that's one of the joys of it, is we've been doing this together a long time, but people have so many other inspirations and projects. I mean, it's interesting because, uh, for instance, Deborah Kreisberg, our clarinet sax player, and Pam Fleming, who's on trumpet and flugelhorn, I mean, they did this at different times, but they both went to Eastman School of Music, and, you know, then Deborah went to Manhattan School for Masters and, and all that, you know, and, and uh, so they're very, very well-trained conservatory-wise, but then, you know, Pam's toured the world with several different kinds of uh, bands, especially um, like Burning Spear, the reggae star. She was in this uh, all-women's brass trio called Burning Brass. She's doing a lot this year and last year with Hazmat Modine, which is, I mean, I would call them kind of an exotic blues band. Um, and it's interesting because there she's actually uh, sometimes on the road with Steve Elson, who's on the first two Metropolitan Klezmer CDs as the Reed guy. Um you know, Ismail Butera does all kinds of stuff, and actually, uh, among the projects that he's um, started up himself, uh, his latest one is an amazing group that he's in with Michael Hess, his old buddy, called Sounds of Tarab, and Tarab music is actually out of um, Zanzibar, and it was kind of developed by the Sultan sending uh, court musicians to study abroad, so it has all these influences from, well, now it's from, like, Indian film music and African rhythms and things, and the, the words are in Kiswahili. Ismail's also a great singer, um, and, and Arabic music is in there. So it's wonderful because uh, it just is great for their instrumentation, Um uh, for the two of them. And then Dave Hofstra, our bass player, uh, who also plays some tuba. I mean, he's, you know, he's played with everybody from like Robin Holcomb to Marshall Crenshaw and, you know, tours with Elliot Sharp and, and, uh, Ryut is just about to go on. No, she's already left actually. Maybe by the podcast she'll be back, but she's touring with something called Firewater, um, which is, I don't know, some kind of rocked out sort of world music-y thing. Um, in Europe, and then they'll be touring the U.S., and, you know, I could go on, but you get the picture. You know, people are, are doing many things, but we really have a, a wonderful way that, um, 
you know, this this tends to make us, uh, you know, just that much more interested in each other's musical, um, you know, palette. It's just we all have a pretty broad sense of music. That's right. So when you bring different styles to these tunes, you really have a uh, good grounding in all those different styles as well. Yeah, and it's and it's interesting because um, you know people come very naturally. I mean, Ismail uh, and Michael had been doing lots of different kinds of Jewish and klezmer stuff before I met them. You know, back in the '80s, um, and I as well. Although on the West Coast now, I'm in New York, which is where I'm from. But um, I really, I first heard klezmer um, and the end of my college years. Uh, and I heard the Klezmer Conservatory band at Riles in Somerville <laughs> um, and was just entranced. You know, I just felt like it, it just spoke to me completely. Um, and then I didn't get the chance to actually play it until I was out uh, in Portland, Seattle, and went to Klezmer camp like in the late 80s and uh, moved back here. I worked at Evo for a while where, you know, kind of in the heyday, you know, when, when uh, Adrian Cooper, Lawrence Glamberg, Alicia Spiegels, Michael Alpert were all, you know, one way or another working at Evo uh, when it was still on, on East 86th Street. Um, and actually, I helped them move to 57th Street, you know, kind of the uh, the in-between. Now they're at the kind of promised land on 16th <laughs> Street near Union Square. But anyway, so, you know, all these different connections were there. At the time, Evo was the, the kind of... Um, 501c3 umbrella of Clez Camp and and uh, Henry Sposnick of course was working there too and and you know ran it out of there for a while. So anyway, um, yeah, there was all this all this way that um, I was working as actually the film and photo uh, collections archivist and curator, and I was doing that at the same time as I was getting Metropolitan Klezmer started. And and Lauren Sklamberg was actually the graphic designer, but he was across the hall in Henry's office. Um, you know, listening to all kinds of uh, transfers of 78s and things like that at the time. Well, that's amazing to have all of you folks together working at the same time in the in the same building. That, yeah, I mean, that's... different floors and different times and different projects and, you know. Yeah, but, but I imagine yeah. you cross paths a lot. Yeah, in all different uh, ways, yeah. Very good. <laughs> so... I guess actually no. To be technical about it, um, Adrian Cooper probably wasn't working there anymore at that at that moment. But um, but they, a lot of them had already worked with Adrian. I was working with Adrian other places. Jeffrey Chandler was my was my editor. He was in and out of there sometimes. Um, I was doing that uh, first research article on the celluloid closet of Yiddish film um, through a, a, a journal that he was the editor for a special issue of the Jewish Folklore and Ethnology Review, the media issue. So. A lot of different things started out at that time and place. Sure. Now, you're very busy yourself also with between the performing, arranging a lot of the tunes on the album, engineering, mixing. Um, well, like, yeah, uh, I, I, I would say I'm, I'm not the engineer, but other than that, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, okay, well, mixing and mastering then. Yeah. Well... <laughs> You know, I, I have these wonderful people that I've been able to work with now on a few different albums. Um, you know, David Merrill, as I said, had had done other live recording for us, and um, so he was really the you know the key person in this part. But yeah, I've I've really learned. You know, um, I had I had done sessions for people before I had 
put our own albums together, but um, it's been a wonderful learning process. These five CDs since 1997, we put out Yiddish for Travelers, and then, you know, every few years, a couple more. We actually put out Greetings from the Isle of Klesbos and Surprising Finds the same year. Um, and uh, so, you know, I, I'm really happy that whatever kind of self training I've had um, has really been able to mature. Um, I've had a lot of uh, a lot of help on other albums, you know, with people coming in to, uh, to help listen to the mixes, you know, especially the horn balance. It's really good to have one of the horn players, at least one of the horn players, you know, have a listen with that stuff so that we really make sure that um, everybody's happy with the sound. Sure. Well, it does sound great, and especially for a live recording, you know, they're, they can be kind of tricky. Yeah, that's David Merrill's specialty. So <laughs> anyone listening to this? <laughs> Actually, David Merrill, his father was... Um, a very well-known opera singer, Robert Merrill. And New Yorkers know him because Robert Merrill used to sing um, for the Yankee games. <laughs> but anyway, he was, you know, serious, like Metropolitan Opera and all kinds of popular stuff, too. Terrific. So David has inherited amazing ears. There's a bit of Soviet Yiddish theater repertoire that I've managed to glean from wonderful 78s that were released, and um, they come from you know, the Moscow Yiddish Theater. So we've got the, the Taylor Share and the Striver Share, which we often play together on concerts. Um, and it's it's just amazing uh, repertoire that this this guy, Lev Pulver, who was, you know, from a musical uh, background in the early years of the Soviet Union, was, was, you know, leading the band and writing the arrangements for this stuff um, in the 1920s. And so it was a real joy to come up with an arrangement that we could play. I mean, he used to have a 27-piece um, band, and that was one of the great things about uh, communism, I guess, that you could fund that kind of artistic creativity, but we managed pretty well with an eight-piece version. So those are there. And, uh, and yeah, we have the kind of Balkan brass version of that tune from Oliver, Pick a Pocket or Two. And it turns out that Lionel Bart was uh, originally Lionel Begleiter and from, uh, you know, a Taylor's family in the East End of London. So that was great. I didn't know that when I set out to arrange that song, but I found out in time <laughs> to put it in the liner notes. So I salute him. Terrific. Okay. Well, um, what's next for Metropolitan Klezmer then? What have you got uh, coming up for appearances or uh, new album projects? Well, yeah, we have this one project I'm very excited about, and even though uh, one of the performances may be over by the time the podcast listeners are hearing this, um, we've got a project that's uh, all the different music that we've pulled together, <clears throat> excuse me, in our own adaptations from various um, Yiddish film kinds of soundtrack music. We can uh, have our, our version of pick a pocket or two count and some kind of Yiddish film music when you when you look at where Lionel Bart was coming from. <laughs> but it's it's really a fun evening. I mean we've got stuff um from Uncle Moses, a nineteen thirty two film, a couple of the Molly Pecan films, uh, a wonderful Yiddish screwball comedy called Americana Shot an American Matchmaker, things from the Dibook. Um and we've made a whole program out of that that's that's kind of a multimedia thing. And we're going to premiere it in this current form at the Eldridge Street, um, the museum at Eldridge Street, which is at Eldridge Street Synagogue in New York, which, as you may know, is also the place where they did the big, uh, you know, Klezmer Day photograph back in the fall. Um, yeah, I thought about anyway. that. I, w I wish I could have been there for that. Yeah, well, you know, I do too. But uh, 
Don't don't fret. I mean, it was fun, but you know, it doesn't have to be the end all be all. <laughs> you're you're definitely an important guy. But I think they were, you know, without without making myself sound too uh, old and decrepit or anything. I think they were sort of trying to refer back in terms of you know, okay, who were some kind of. I mean, I don't even consider myself you know a founder of the revival, but they were. They were looking for some kind of yichus in that way, and maybe you're like the next generation going on or something. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's at the Eldred Street, and uh, we're hoping to do more with that. We're certainly just, uh, in general, you know, doing a lot of the kinds of concerts and, and festival appearances we have been. Um, some of them uh, are going to be things that we've been doing now annually, like working at the Jewish Museum on Museum Mile Day, which is a beautiful Tuesday they have every June. Um, what else will we be doing? We're going to be up at uh, some places upstate over the summer. Um, so, yeah, our website's a good place to check. New things come up all the time. Uh, we're going to be uh, with our, our women's sextet Isle of Klesbos at the Michigan Women's Music Festival, which is the fourth time we'll be there in 10 years. Uh, that's in August. Um, and metropolitanklesmer.com is one good place to look. And then our, our MySpace pages, of course, for for Metropolitan Klesmer and also Isle of Klesbos, which has, you know, four of the same members, more or less. Um, and what else? What else, Keith? Let's see. Uh, and where can people find your albums and uh, download the tracks? Thank you. Well, one really good place to look uh, is cdbaby.com. All five of our albums are there. And also we have worldwide distribution uh, from Stearns Music, uh, which has offices in New York as well as London. So Stearns Music Limited gets us in everywhere. Um, I know uh, we're, you know, we're up on Amazon, we're in Virgin Records, we're in all kinds of European shops and um, plenty of places, you know, that that uh, I'm probably not thinking of right now, but cdbaby.com is a great place to start. Very good. Oh, and actually, well, while I'm at it, don't don't forget, sure. uh, uh, they would certainly be getting us into a lot of Barnes & Nobles, um, some Borders music. Uh, let's see, where else, Keith? Where else would be good places that I could tell people? <laughs> oh, my. Um, but, yeah, we're a lot of places on online and... and uh, Download to your heart's content, but it's CD Baby's great because it really does uh, support the artist very nicely and very promptly. Oh yeah, we're at mm-hmm. e we're at e music, we're at iTunes, of course. Um, Amazon. Amazon. Um, CD Baby, Woodstock CD, all kinds of stores in the New York area, different museum shops. Um, yeah, like that. Very good. All right. Anything else uh, to add that I neglected to ask you about? Um, do we want to name all the CDs, perhaps, so people can can look for them? Maybe I did that at one point. I think I might have um, named them, but you know, in order, they're um, so Metropolitan Klezmer Metropolitan Klezmer's CDs. Now there are four of them. So we started with Yiddish for Travelers, still a popular. Item and then Mosaic Persuasion was our second CD, followed by Surprising Finds, which started having some live tracks interspersed with the studio uh, cuts. And then our latest, of course, is Traveling Show, our all live Metropolitan Klezmer CD. Oh, and one thing we didn't mention is that it has the Klez bonus track, Comes Love, which is by Isle of Klezbos, which you 
seem to have enjoyed as well and has some of that Latin influence, you know, kind of a Yinglish Latin groove, I like to say. Right. Yeah, that's a nice tune too. Mm, and it's you. a nice little uh, change to have the studio uh, track on there versus the the live. It just changes it a little bit. Yeah, and we, we do have this one. Um, oh, yeah, we have a couple of medleys that you were talking about medleys. I mean, we've got the... We've got the Hanukkah medley on there. You know, I just felt like we really should have that. So our our other concert that is excerpted on here just a little bit is from River Space, which is a beautiful concert hall uh, in Nyack, New York. And we we were doing something in December, the same year that we recorded the rest of of the album. And so yeah, we put the the Hanukkah medley on there, which is um, kind of going from a slinkier version of one of the dreidel songs on into kind of a Caribbean feel for, for the mojo. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that, that's a good one. And then, you know, the Abbey Gazette medley that we have on there um, is really a cooking one, partly because we've had the Abbey Gazette medley now on, <laughs> on a couple more Metropolitan Klesmer albums. So I think we were just about ready to, uh, you know, do the ultimate version. But that one derives from having a doina, and then the, the alter nigun is actually something that um, I've put together from repertoire that I heard by a wonderful Soviet musician. And um, and so it's based on a, a beautiful Yiddish poem by Leib Kvitko. Um, but we took just uh, the instrumental version that, that he would sing of it that was from an Emil Gorovitz version of the alter nigun, the old, the old tune, and um, it actually moved me so much when I heard Adrian Cooper sing that when I was at Close Camp the first time in 1989. It, it just brought tears to my eyes, and I had to ask her where to find it. And um, so I mailed off to the Workman Circle. I was living in Seattle at the time. I mailed off my check and got my LP of his um, his amazing songs called Ich bin Ayid, and uh, learned it even more from there, and, and eventually took some of the two melodic motifs and made that into Alter Nagoon, which leads then into the epigazant uh, swing vocal that we do with the whole horn section, big bandy kind of thing going on behind it. So I like the big band thing on there. That's great. You know, with the horns we've got, how could we not? <laughs> so I'm really glad you like it. We love performing <laughs> that. That you, one and the musicalist or tango are the big, you know, horn soloing. Um, just let it all, you know, just let it all fly. Just They just blow like crazy on that. So we actually have both, you know, a, a tango and uh, another swing tune up on YouTube. So people, oh, yeah, that's another thing. You can tell people to look for this stuff on YouTube. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, so we have Otto Zoneta Schneider up there. We have the Musikalischer Tango, which is really fun because the version that we made, the video, uh, you know, it intersperses actually some of the footage um, from this cabaret scene along with some of my... Uh, subtextual research, so that's a good one. Um, we do have uh, a video version of the C minor Bulgar and Kinohara Freilach up there as a Metropolitan Cluster wedding video kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, the wedding dance video. It's it's actually done at the um, Riverside Park South uh, Summer on the Hudson Festival. So it's it's a stage. It's a wonderful outdoor stage um, footage. For that YouTube stuff. So yeah, those are all up there. And um, we even got some video now of Pam playing the the sort of giant um, African antelope shofar, the kudu. So that's also up on YouTube from us. 
Great. I'll have to poke around there a little bit myself. Yeah, yeah. And that Hasidic, uh, we have the miracle, what I call the miracle melody. Um, you were asking about medleys, so, so the miracle melody medley. So there's the Hasidic Nugan uh, introduction, and then that goes into, as you spotted, it's the Kabsen. It's the Kabsen song. So I, I have the title on here as the poor man's tune. Oh, and of course, the mainly Romanian uh, medley is just, you know, where Ismail shines through. Um, and we had recorded that originally on Yiddish for Travelers. And, uh, you know, I always felt like we needed to let even more of his live performance energy shine through. So we finally had the chance here. Um, so that mainly Romanian finale really um, gives you more of a taste of his incredible finesse. Yeah, that's a really fun fun medley there. And I guess you end your show with that probably, so that's a good way to do that. Yeah, yeah. And then just, you know, having that encore after. So you really get the full feel of a concert set if um, if anyone wants to, to really have the sense of our live performance. I think we've given it to them here on Traveling Show. Excellent. Yeah, I agree. It it's, uh, makes you feel like you're almost there in the audience. So it's it's really well yeah. done. Thanks. Yeah, and we we you know we've got just just about everything um, that uh, we played that day, and then as I said, we added on you know a couple from the December show just to have a little taste of the holiday repertoire and a little more fun. Great. Okay. Well, thanks very much for. Being on the show this evening, uh, Eve Sicular and Metropolitan Klezmer. Thanks a lot, Keith. Hey, and keep up the good work. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Okay, I'm back. That was my interview with Eve Sicular of Metropolitan Klezmer. Now we're going to hear part of another track from the album Traveling Show. Uh, this one I like quite a bit. This one is called... Baltic Blue, and we talked a little bit about this during the interview. Hi, this is David Bookbinder. 
from Odessa, Havana, and you are listening to klezmerpodcast.com. Okay, I'm back. That was Baltic Blue by Metropolitan Klezmer from their album Traveling Show. I'd like to thank my special guest, Eve Sicular, for appearing on this episode of the podcast and also for providing the wonderful music that I've been able to play for you today. So that's it for this episode of Klezmer Podcast. Remember, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to be interviewed or have your music played on the podcast, or if you have a recent or upcoming album release that you'd like me to review, please write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. The web address is www.klezmerpodcast.com and on MySpace, myspace.com slash klezmerpodcast. And again, I'd like to request that you go to the iTunes Music Store and write a customer review for Klezmer Podcast. This helps my ratings in the iTunes Music Store. I'd like to thank those of you that have been writing to me recently. I enjoy getting the emails and support from the fans. So please keep the emails coming. And as always, the music heard on Klezmer Podcast is for promotional use only. Thank you for listening. Please stay subscribed. And until next time, bye for now. <laughs>